Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Bridgette Heller. And in this show, we live awake to the world around us so that we can transform our lives and step fearlessly into our divine destiny. Remember, friend, you are strong and capable. Hello, hello, hello. This is Bridgette Heller. I am your host of the podcast, The Strong and Capable, and I have Miss Lisa Tahir on here with me. You want to say hey, Lisa? Bridgette, thank you for having me on The Strong and Capable. I am so happy to be here today. Yeah, I'm so happy you're here as well, Lisa, and I have been trying to get this going for a while. (laughs) So I'm so glad it worked and that I'm sure it will episode at the perfect time. For this audience and I'm excited for you to learn from her I'm going to just tell you a little bit because she's a, you're a fascinating person to me Lisa as I read over your stuff I'm like okay I want to know this person and which is why we're here so she has she's the host of all things therapy podcast which you just told me over 300 episodes that is yes huge thank you I mean, how did you even get that? How long ago did you start your podcast? Six years ago with weekly episodes and truly, Bridgette, it's been just one foot in front of the other, one episode at a time without knowing where it was going. And it's one of my favorite hours of the week. I get to meet people like you that I never would have met before had I not started a podcast. So I always encourage people, if you're curious about it, start. It's so much easier today to just do that on your own and to start getting what's important to you out there to people because someone is definitely going to be interested in what you have to say. I promise that. Yeah. I could not agree more with everything you just said. And podcasting has been the best gift I've given myself. I thought it was for other people and really it's been so rewarding for me. I definitely second that the way that we grow and change as an individual yeah. And, and like you said, it connects you to so many amazing people that you never, ever would have met any other way. You have these deep conversations. Yeah, I was talking with my husband. I did a recording last week and, and I was talking with him after and I'm happy and I'm bouncing around our kitchen. And he says, you're always so happy after a podcast episode. And I said, cause it's real conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really- funny you say that. Because I was feeling a a minor amount of stress before we came live, but that still small voice inside said, Lisa, you know, you always feel better after an episode on a show like yours or conducting my own. And immediately when we came on the video, it's like, oh, I felt relaxed and happy. So it's so accurate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I say, I second that I get the little anxiety, like, oh my gosh, what if it's awkward or what if it does? And it always is fine. It's always fine. And not just fine, but uplifting. So I think that uh, really goes into what we want to talk about this season. What we're really talking about this whole season is fear, right? We're, mm-hmm. I titled the season Fearless. And I found the coolest journal entry. I used to, I've always been a blogger of some kind. And it was talking about weapons of rebellion, emotional weapons of rebellion. I was talking about how spiritually I felt like I held on to these like weapons of rebellion. And I mm. And I used fear as a weapon. I'm scared. I can't. I it, And I was talking about fear, how I had identified this. And I thought, here we are 12 years later. And because I never stopped fighting, I literally felt inspired to call this fearless. And it was such a cool moment to see growth. So when we're talking about fear and you said, 
one step in front of another. Oh, I think that's the process, right? That's that's how you overcome fear. It is. And, you know, and what you just shared, Bridgette, regarding fear and a weapon against against oneself, that our thoughts, you know, can be our best friends or can be our enemies. And for me, the last year for certain has been a time of really cultivating thoughts that support me that when I feel fearful, you know, asking, what are you really afraid of? And it's usually centered around not being able to care for myself or something like beyond my control. And, and those things, even when they have happened, like a hurricane, for instance, that really disrupts one's life, I've always been able to, to come through it. And it's always been fine. Things are always working out. And so I find it helpful to study and introduce materials, authors, audio tracks that really support my training my thoughts into the vibration of well-being and and peace and success and love. And I sense that you do the same in your life. Mm-hmm. Very much. In fact, my number one, whenever my kids text me, I, I'm anxious or I'm scared. I have high schoolers. I have one getting married. You know, I'm, I'm feeling all this anxiety. I always send them back basically a top track. I'm safe. I have all I need. I'm taken care of. I am the dictator of my choices. You know, I'll send them back these words and it's really cute because it's gotten to the point where when I'm stressed out, guess what they do? Mom, just say, I'm safe. I'm in control of my life. I love saying I'm safe. I am protected and I'm so very loved. It's something I found in the work of Louise Hay. And if, if you all don't know the book, you can heal your life and louisehay.com. She's, she's transitioned now into non-physical yet. She was a great author and self-help person that went through so much trauma as a young person and was able to learn to change her life experiences by changing her thoughts and really believing. And I know for sure the universe, we are more loved then we can know. And when you start to feel that inside of your heart, especially around a situation that might be stressful, upsetting you, worrying you to really try to harmonize with the vibration of it going well and turning it over to something greater than you, which is what I do on a daily basis. So what does that look like for you? I know you have the, how do you sell your healing our core wounds through astrology, empathy, and self-forgiveness. My book, The Chiron Effect. Yes. yes. Tell, tell us a little bit about this. I mean, it was endorsed by His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, which is so cool. My husband asked who was Thank on the podcast. I was like, let me tell you who's on the podcast. She's cool. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> tell me about this book. And I yeah. feel like this fits right into fear and overcome. You can't work through fear. You have to heal I'm trying to think word it the right way. Make sure these words come out right. I feel like as you overcome fear, you're also healing your wounds. They're they're so interconnected. When you heal, they your are wounds, interconnected. You're able to overcome fear. So tell us about your book and and how this self forgiveness and astrology. How does this all fit in here? Absolutely. I think you really actually transform fear as I as I tune in and feel into what you just shared. That as you heal your areas of wounding of vulnerability for some of you listening, some, you know, not everyone has experienced trauma with a capital T for others. It's been 
smaller incidences or even none, which is just wonderful. When I meet someone and, and they've had really loving parents who, and they were told you can do and be anything. And that, that kind of upbringing does exist. And it always makes me smile because my experience was different. It was a lot harder and I wasn't told that yet. A part of me always knew like there has to be like, you have to be worthy. You have, to, you have to find a way to, to just continue living and trusting and believing. And that's what led me to become a therapist when I was in my early twenties, a social worker. And I still practice. I love, love, love helping people heal and transform and grow personal transformation and growth. I'm passionate about. And I started my book about six years ago. It took four years to write and it came out two years ago. And because I wondered why do I still feel depressed? Why are the clients I've worked with still experiencing emotional hardship? You know, have I missed something universe when I sat in some quiet time to ask and meditate? And what I heard was simply the word Chiron, C-H-I-R-O-N. And as I started to investigate Chiron, Chiron is who Carl Jung wrote about as the wounded healer archetype. Chiron is in Greek mythology, the founding father of the healing arts. He was a centaur. And in astrology, Chiron is a placement and an astrological chart. Just like you have your sun sign, your moon, your rising, Chiron is in one of the signs like Aries, Gemini, Sagittarius. And knowing this information can help you to know very clearly what is your one area that you source patterns from that you might not necessarily want. And this looks like you're successful, you're predominantly happy in your life, but you still don't feel like you're quite good enough and you people please, or you have to overwork yourself to be loved. And no one knows this. It's like inside of your own heart and mind and you secretly might feel exhausted. And that was my Chiron placement and the sign of Aries, which had to do with a vulnerability and my sense of value and worth that actually stemmed from a childhood of always having to be useful in my family or else you weren't valued, always having to do something to be loved versus other people's experience where you're just loved because you're here, which is what's natural and healthy. And so my book is really to help you kind of fine tune the areas and patterns in your life so that you can truly live with less fear. And when it does come up, you're able to be like, aha, this is an opportunity to learn more about myself and grow instead of run away from or hide and push away. And I'm just wondering what you think about what I'm saying, Bridget. Well, I feel like you just uh, mirrored my life a little bit. So I'm wow. like reeling from that a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm an Aries and grew up in a huge family. Sister underneath me was disabled. So they often refer to kids in my position as glass children, mm. literally seen through, you know, because yeah. she had so many needs and the strong and capable comes from her. So there's a deep love there, wow. not an anger or frustration, but this you've constant... done your work there clearly. <laughs> well, she, it was never an option not to love her. She's an incredible yeah. human, but, um, but how your family system responded to her is kind of more of what yes. I'm thinking, not her at all, mm -hmm. but like how you had to compensate. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, I sense you really worked through that for yourself. Thank you. Yeah. I will, I will really take that acknowledgement. I appreciate awesome. that. Um, yeah. But then there is always, like you said, this core wound of not enough. 
have to work hard, have to push. And then will it be enough? Will it, at what point is it never enough? There's always this fear there. So when you were describing that, like, well, shoot, (laughs) she's got my number. (laughs) And you know, your Chiron sign is different than your sun sign. So I heard you say you're an Aries. So usually Mm -hmm. your Chiron is in a different sign than what your sun is. And I'd have to know your birth info. It's in my book. There's a chart and an interactive website. It could even be Chiron and Pisces speaks to you know, overgiving and really being a caretaker, yet neglecting taking as good care of yourself. So it'd be interesting to know your Chiron and yeah. how that has influenced, you know, your life and the way you've oh, naturally healed it. Yes. And what I have found is most helpful about the thing, what you're talking about is the more information you have, like you said, you can approach these wounds and these fears without the judgment. Right. With, because before it's just, why am I like this? What is wrong with me? Right. That's not helpful. That judgment, that criticism. And that's why my book centers around self-forgiveness. And, and especially as women, I think, Bridgette, we expect so much of ourselves to really hold it together, to perform A plus all the time in so many different areas as a partner, uh, you know, a wife, as a mother, as someone working, a friend, as you know, giving back and that we hold ourselves to such a high standard and are so quick to judge when we misstep or have a need or cry even. And instead, I encourage you in my book to really think of the things that you do well and really maximize and enhance those. And the times where you didn't show up like you wanted to, don't worry. Life is going to give you a thousand more times to show up as who you want to be. And it's kind of like, wow, you can let your guard down about it and just really give yourself what you need to be able to function in all the areas that you do and the roles that you play in your life. And even every day in evaluation, what might I need to forgive myself for, Lisa? Like, And it's usually ways I, I thought critically towards myself versus anything I said I or did to anyone else. So I invite you every day to soften that self-talk and make it really like an encouraging coach that loves you throughout your day and is like, looking for ways to help and support you like we wish others would do for us, that we can become that for ourselves. Yeah, I really love that. And I love that prompt because it's so simple. What do I need to forgive myself to, you know, for today? Wow. I I think that is powerful. I think thank you. Yeah, that is really powerful. What do I need to forgive myself for today? And it usually is just the way you've been critical with yourself or harsh with yourself and your thoughts and your expectations. It's, it's often not something you're actually doing in the behavioral realm. My book centers upon our thoughts. We think up to 60 to 70 thoughts a day. That's incredible. And while there's no way we can be aware of all of those, we can certainly be aware of a few and catch the ones that are fear-based, catch the ones that cause us to feel depressed or not good enough, as you were saying, and and release that thought and identify what do I want to believe instead about myself? Like maybe that I'm actually doing really well. Maybe that I'm getting this. Like maybe that Mm -hmm. I've come through a lot and I'm doing better and I'm excited to see my growth and change in the future. Like that feels so much more hopeful and optimistic. And I think it's so important to combat fear with 
really having hope and belief in ourselves and that things can change and they are, even when we don't see it visibly in this moment. Yes. I think combat fear with what you're saying in my mind is combat fear with truth. Mm, I like that. I like that. The truth is, yeah. And we actually did this a lot with um, one of my kids who had panic attacks a lot. That's it. Okay. Let's go down that road. Let's say the world's really falling apart. Let's say it. Let's, what does it look like? Let's, let's go down it. Let's talk about it. What would happen? How would we respond? What would happen next? Because even, first of all, usually it showed that the thought was outlandish and not true at all. But if it was true, if there was a kernel of truth there, it gave the tools to, okay, well, at least I have a plan. I know what I'm doing with this. Yeah. And so now I'm not scared of it because I, at least I know what I'm doing with it. And that yes. was really helpful for combating fear when facing the truth. But I agree with you. I think most of our thoughts are critical and in the end, not true. Did you burn the cookies today? Maybe you did. Does that make you a bad cook? Absolutely not. And I love what you said about, you know, using the truth as a way to, to work through, to overcome, to release fear and transform it. And that's how we really build confidence in the process that you described in confronting something, even that we don't know how to face in the moment, but being willing to align with the solution, because for every problem, there is a solution. And I found it helpful to even ask, you know, and say to myself, look, I know you're so familiar with this problem. I intend to align with the solution. And it even opens up a space in your heart and your chest. It's like, okay, I'm, what is the solution? Like, show me solution universe, show me the solutions. And you start looking for something different than you were before. And it starts to draw to you what you need and want. Hmm. Another great prompt. You just get, you're just spilling them out. I love it. But you know, I, and I like how you're talking to yourself. This is, I was in a mindset class probably 20 years ago and she's talk to yourself. Like you love yourself, like yes. you someone you adore, but you, what the way you just approached that self-talk was so practical. It just came out of you. It's obvious you've practiced it. It's natural. Yes. It's, I know you're familiar with the problem, but I'm going to find a solution. So yeah. And we're not alone. You know, I'm doing, I'm a speaker for a law of attraction virtual summit coming up in the next month. And so I've been, you know, reviewing the principles, the things that I have chosen that I want to believe that I want to believe so deeply. It's like, I don't even have to think about it. And I've come, you know, for some of you, it might be a belief in God. It might be a belief in nature. I mean, whatever it is to, I think it's so important to know what your beliefs are about the things that you don't see and feel like this table in front of me. And because for me, it's drawing strength from the universe, from universal mind, from source, from creation, like that makes our heart beat every day. And, you know, like I take comfort in that. And I know some people listening might be more secular and, and don't, or may even be atheists. And I encourage you to find something that you can take comfort from, be it in nature and the beauty and magnificence of how the trees and the grass just grow even after huge fires. And there's like this innate, you know, like life on our planet that wants to be expressed. And I think by releasing and turning over our worries and problems and fears to that greater um, energy power, 
it can help. And I wonder what you think about that. I agree so much with that. In fact, a strong and capable on the main page of my website, it's know who you are, know where you're going, know how to get there. That is the main page because I don't think that you can actually do all this mindset work and spiritual work if you don't decide first how you identify with source, whatever that looks like. You have yeah. to know, like you said, that you're not alone in this, that there is something intangible and yet so tangible at the same time. And whether you feel mm -hmm. that singing with a group of people, spiritual praises, or you feel it walking on the beach with the, with that sand gritty between yes. your toes, you know, however you feel it, and maybe it's both, which I mean, doesn't matter. I, I really yeah. think so much of religion for me and energy and source and I have always realized there's universal truth and the words we use yes, to identify them are. are what's different. So exactly. Anyway, they're universal laws. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause there are universal laws and it's when we are in harmony with those laws. Like every morning I say, I place my mind in alignment with universal mind with sources mind. And I ask that even my subconscious thoughts, you know, become more and more harmonious with this energy that sustains the world and that everything I need comes to me with ease and just immediately and with fun and delight. And just when you do that for a certain amount of time, even if you do an experiment for 30 days, I'm just going to try this out and see what happens. You know, that's a good way to begin just even with some skepticism, like, okay, I'm curious. I'm not sure I buy in, but let's see what happens to my life as I start to apply these universal principles and things are going to change for the better for you. Mm -hmm. The synchronicities of life are going to increase. The person you've been thinking about is going to call or text, or you'll run into them or money's going to come from a source you didn't know was there for you. And it's really cool to start living more in that flow because I know that's what is meant for us. Yes. It's, that is so beautifully explained. It reminded me of a scriptural text that I read and it talks about planting a seed that when you're doing this experiment, yeah. it, says, it literally invites you to do an experiment, plant the seed and then try it. And if it grows and it's good and the fruit is good, you know, this is for you. And if it doesn't, you know, it's not. And that's exactly what you just described. If yes. you try it, if you just intentional and intention has everything to do with it, right? If you intentionally try it consistently, your life will change. It will change. It will. It will, Bridget. And I think sometimes these things become more poignant when there's something big that happens. And for me, a couple of months ago, my, my cat that I had for 17 years, Jiggy, unexpectedly passed away. And when I tell you I was devastated, as much as I know about spiritual truths and law, I know that death isn't an ending. It's a continuation of our life in a different realm. You know, even knowing that it, it didn't help with the grief. And I started having panic attacks. Like you spoke about one of your children and it was like, oh my gosh, like all the tools that I have in my toolbox. And it was just that I was so used to him curling up with me for 17 years and his purr on my lap just really soothed me. Like my heart coherence was in such sync with his. So it was an adjustment, though I know he's still here in a different way to guide my life. You know, it really was like, it's been such a challenge. And for me lately, it's been the most comforting thing to think of, 
you know, when we think of God, when we think of source and spirit, we're often taught it's something like out there or outside of us. And we see it in the sunset, for example, but to have the realization like God is in me, like God is inside of me. And that has been the most soothing thing. Like, you know, I'm in God and God is in me. And you know, that means Jiggy's here too. And just to really start to kind of play with words and your relationship to them. And I've started to feel just the deepest peace and acceptance. Like he's still here. There are little things that happen that I, I know it's him. And mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, all of our deceased loved ones and everyone that's come before us, like, you know, they're, they're here just in a different vibration. And I encourage you if there's a loss you've been through and you're not sure how to find or feel peace to start, you know, asking to align with that and, and look for where they are. And with some time that, that will bring some peace as I've experienced. Yes. That, that was beautifully explained. I like the, I like the way you speak, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you. I like the way that you speak. <laughs> um, you make it so comfortable. Like we are on your couch. Well, that's how it, that's how it should be. Right. Because Real life happens and we've got to have real conversations if we want to become the person that we're meant to be, that we're dreaming of being, that we feel driven to be. Yeah. And the only way we get there is to actually have conversations and actually do something about it. So, and I think that should have that on your couch, yeah. usually late night, you know, girls night, best friend. Yes. Curled up and totally. you're the things I have of a, your soul. Yes. <laughs> so that's what yes. we're doing here. Just I have know, a high school. Yes, I have a high school girlfriend coming over this evening. In fact, we've been friends over 35 years. And it's just like you're saying, like, what's up? You know, and there's such unconditional love. And when you have even one person like that, it's enough to, to really feel loved in life and feel like you've made a difference. And, and we all make a difference. And I, I know you know this, Bridgette, you know, with or without a podcast, you make a difference. You have a sphere of influence in your friends, in your family, the people you interact with as you go about the gas station and the grocery. I think if, if we're to value our importance more, how we really matter in these daily interactions, it doesn't have to mean a million person following on social media. It can be just the people you engage with and the importance that and the role that you play of such meaning yeah, and value. I agree. And it's interesting. I had a, a really beautiful experience this week. And I want to just speak to this, what you just said, because I love analogies. I love stories. You have to fully step into that. You have to fully understand that you have influence and that every person you interact with, every step you take, your feeling, your vibration, your influence is there. It is there. And I was going, yeah. I had this cool experience. So on our religion, we go to the temple. And so I was with my daughter in the temple and I had my jewelry on and we dress all in white. And so I'm in there in my all in white with my gold jewelry. And she looks at me, she says, mom, you look like a queen. I was like, oh, Oh, that's thank beautiful. You. Yes. I was like, thank you. You are a queen. It, well, I believe it. I literally have a crown on my desk. So <laughs> I fully yes. embody the queenhood, right? Yes. Like it's, it's very much that. in line. So when she said that, I was like, thank you. Cause it's a very sacred place for us. She acknowledged my queenhood. It was very moving to me, but what was most fascinating for me as a, a studier of human behavior and, you know, most intensely study myself above all else, but yeah. was my interaction 
through the next couple hours was totally different than in the past. Instead of coming as someone who was like, what can I learn? And hopefully I'll find something about you or like just coming from a place of lack. I approached it from a place of queen of I fully yeah. belong. This is what this is my divine heritage. This, you know, totally stepped into that role. Completely different experience, not just for me, but I could feel because I'm very sensitive to others' energies. I could feel it affecting the other people. I was like, wow, this is cool. That's cool. This is cool. And so the reason I bring that up is because I just think that we underestimate the power that we have every single day, mm-hmm. every single day. And like mm-hmm. you said, it could be in the grocery store. It could be getting gas. It could be at the soccer game. It could be at the graduation, you know, the big, ce- I've always shocked at big celebrations. How, how many grouchy people are there? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, right. Like, like come on. No, I love I love what you raise about really knowing our power. And it's something I've told the universe. Like, I want to know my power. We're here to, you know, that that doesn't mean like power to abuse or hurt. Mm -hmm. It's like to know our power for good, like for, I mean, we get to choose what it is. And and for me, it's of goodness and of prosperity and of blessing and of happiness and joy and because when we're really overflowing with those emotions we are at our best we can really do the most good where we are the most powerful when we are in a state of enoughness and overflow from that versus giving from depletion or like just gritting it out just do it kind of you know methodology certainly you can give from that you can give from that, you know, you can give from that place, but it's just so much harder. And I'm sure anyone listening has been there and done that, both of us included. And it, it just can be so much more fun and happy when you give because you're good and happy. And maybe yes. hold back when you're not and give to yourself. Maybe those are the times not to push or overdo it and to take some time out for yourself. Yes. Yes. When and the strong and capable, we talk a lot about what it is it to be strong. And I very much feel like the world has defined strong in a pretty negative way because it's like that grit, push, go, 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 you know, toughest person in the room, one who was most traumatized, that's the strong person. But I, right, like, and I hate that definition because I just don't think that's strength. I think strength lies in feeling the things. I think strength lies in knowing you're not perfect, but being willing to continue to learn and grow and evolve and love it. Strength lies in what you just said on your days where you're not your best, allowing yourself to rest, to recover, to reset, to have the strength to live intentionally really is what it is. And absolutely. Yes. Yes to that. So tell me, cause I'm curious, this has been a fabulous conversation. I love it for me. Well, as at well. least I think it is. I guess we'll find out if anyone else. Does. I love it when the listeners tell me what they think, because that is the best. It's, I mean, it so is. if you're listening, I want to hear your thoughts on this amazing conversation. So how did this whole endorsement by his holiness, the Dalai Lama go with the book? What was that process? Tell me about that. Cause I am just fascinated by that. You know, it started with intention, just what you brought up seconds ago when I thought about, you know, when you write a book, you need endorsements. And when I sat there and thought, who in the world would I love to endorse my book? 
and his holiness, the Dalai Lama came to mind. And I just burst out laughing, you know, and, and I thought about it for a while. And I was like, you know what, why not? Like, why not the Dalai Lama? And I sent one email and I realized immediately when I said it, it was from more of that ego place without a lot of thoughtfulness. And I just knew like, you're not going to hear anything. And I didn't. And so instead I thought, you know, I set the intention, who do I have to become to receive the Dalai Lama's endorsement? Because I knew there has to be some kind of lining up my, who I am in this world to, to receive his endorsement. And for me, it was a two-year process. I, I heard, you know, you need to, you're a kind person, you're a loving person, but when your internet goes down and you're on hold for 45 minutes, you can be rude and you need to clean that up. And if there's a long line in the grocery, you know, you're kind of like, oh, like you're not really enjoying it. Like you can clean that up. And maybe you can ask someone passing how they feel and actually want to know instead of just the formality, like, hey, how are you doing? Like we mm -hmm. so often do, but mm -hmm. really want to know how the person's doing. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I just started doing that in my life. And I kind of forgot about the endorsement. And after it was like a couple of years, because it was while I was finishing my book and editing and such, the publisher's like, okay, we need your endorsements in a month. Like, so I thought of his holiness again. And I, and I was meditating and I, I heard him say in my mind, like, I, I'd like to read your book. So I sent a completely different letter of request just about, you know, why this endorsement would be meaningful, you know, the ways I've been expressing compassion in my life since wanting him to consider endorsing my book. And it was like less than three weeks that his holiness sent me the most beautiful letter. He had read every word of my book and spoke about as a Buddhist scientist. He knows that humanity's deepest wounds are healed through empathy, compassion, and meditation. And he blessed my book and said he knows it's going to benefit readers. And it was like the happiest tears of joy that like you can really you can really have, do, and be anything that you want. It's just a matter of, you know, who, who do you have to become to receive that? And it's usually an inner job. And that's what I learned. That was my big takeaway. It's like, who do I have to become to enjoy the things that I want? And that's often something done very privately in your own mind. Yes. Yes. Uh, again, another good prompt. Who do I have to become to to receive this into my life. Yeah. And yeah. some, so often it's really about you're not open fully to receive it until you become that person. Even if it was at your mm -hmm. doorstep, you might not be able to open the door to it because you're not ready. Right. Cause it's not visible. It's like, you can't mm -hmm. see it. And all of a sudden it's there because you're ready. Yeah. You're ready. Yeah. That is, that is really cool. Thank you for and, asking. And yeah. And what a beautiful story and the thoughts he had on it. And what did he say about healing wounds? All wounds can be healed through empathy. And compassion and, yeah. and meditation as a great tool to, mm -hmm. to find empathy and compassion for oneself and for others. Cause he's such a big, for me, he really embodies compassionate living in the world. And can I just say to the audience right now, I hope you're really listening to this. I got triggered by someone who I adore they called me naive and it was like mm. really triggering for me because this sure. is a word in my life. People who are desperate for authority or who don't align with my values or actions or, or vision for the future, they call me naive. 
It's like their power play. Yeah. Well, you're just naive if you think that person can change their life or they can turn around or we can fix the situation. I've done a lot of corporate stuff, right? So one yeah. of the things that I know though, in my whole heart is exactly what you just said. Empathy, compassion, love, and real intentional action can literally yeah. change humans. It can change every, I Absolutely, mean, yes. we transform through these things and that is not naive. That is so brave no. to choose the path. So brave. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I just want the listeners because the world is going to say, no, 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 no. Make your perfect plan. <laughs> do your plan, do your layout, do your digital content, whatever, you know, keep pushing hard until you're exhausted or else you haven't pushed hard enough. Like the world will continue on that track because it's the easier one to sell. But the one that will change you is the empathy and love. And I appreciate that you shared, you know, your hurt feelings and how that wounded you emotionally, because those things do happen. We do get triggered. People say things. We might be the one to say something and feelings are hurt. And then it's, it's, you know, we're in life. We're in this human body and human mind, and we're, we're a spiritual being in this body and we have to cope and deal with these things. And I think that's where healing can happen. That it got you to really dig deep into why you are who you are and validate yourself and not change that, that even mm -hmm. though everyone doesn't get us, as long as we get ourselves mm -hmm. deeply, that's what really matters. And we will attract to us people that understand and, and respect and love exactly who you are. Yep. Yep. And again, when you've done this work that we keep talking about, asking these healthy questions that you've brought up so many beautiful questions, this, this conversation, you. when you're doing that, the, the shame and the fear and the hurt, they just really melt away in a way that doesn't feel possible at first, yeah. but really is possible. And when you can confront, oh my gosh, like for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I am so triggered right now. And I was able yeah. to dig in and see it and, and work through it. And like you said, Absolutely. instead of it being, a, I need to change my life or become something new, it was, okay, why? And what does that say about me? And knowing that about me, what am I going to do with that information? Yes. Yes. So maybe it is action to change or maybe it's no. Like for me, it was, it's like, no, I'm so proud of that person. who's And I love who I am. And yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I have a section of my book dealing with triggers and I love you just really laid out a way to work with them and through them. Yes. See, okay. So everyone just needs to get your book. I would just love that. It means so much. <laughs> everyone needs to. And actually, as we're wrapping up here, you're going to give, uh, you do have a giveaway and it's 50% off a first time virtual 45 minute session or Absolutely. a 30 day psycho astrology intensive. What is based that? upon what my that? book? Psycho astrology is a word I trademarked when I wrote my book. It's simply where your personal psychology meets your natal astrology. And for me, that's Chiron, this placement that identifies where we feel vulnerable and we might tend to hide that from others or feel bad about it within ourselves instead of like you've so well spoken this whole time with me about really bringing that out like what do I need here because it really speaks to a need our wounds and vulnerabilities are where we need the most love and awareness not to be like shoved away and criticized mm -hmm. so yeah that's what we'll do in the 30-day 
intensive. I love that. I love that. Thank so you. If, if someone is interested in this, they need to email you. I'll put and your email And just mention in the show your show. Yeah, yeah. Mention the strong and capable, mention you, and they can book a session through my website and then just send me an email or call or text. All that is available on my website. Awesome. And then how else can they find you? You've Definitely got the NOLA. Facebook, the, yeah, yeah, list all the things. Yeah. It's all <laughs> NOLA therapy, N O L A T H E R A P Y dot com is my website. NOLA therapy is my Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And it simply stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy. That's the two places I love the most and live in both of those spots. So I'd love to connect with your audience and gift them with half off and just mention Bridgette, the strong and capable, and you got it. All right. I love it. Thank you so, so much, Lisa, for coming on today and having this conversation with us. You're welcome. Thank you. You're a beautiful light and most definitely a queen. Thank you. You're <laughs> welcome. Oh. So I love connecting with you. Come find me on Instagram at Bridgette.Heller, B-R-I-G-E-T-T-E dot H-E-L-L-E-R. And of course, the website, www.thestrongandcapable.com. Now, if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level, you can hire me as your coach, join me in the Queen's Circle, which meets monthly, or invite me to speak at your events. And please don't forget, friend, you are strong and capable. <laughs>